what's online coaching? I'm like, can you even do that? Is that a thing? And he's like, yeah. He's like, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube is your office. The world is your office. And he's like, that's the way you should live. Hey, welcome to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast, the number one show for passionate physical therapists looking to start and grow an even more successful cash-based physical therapy business. I'm your host, Aaron LeBauer. Thanks for spending time with me today. And before we get to the episode, real quick, if you're new to the show or haven't picked up your Cash PT checklist yet, then you're definitely missing out. This checklist lays out all the steps you need to start a cash-based physical therapy business. If you want me to send that to you, then just text CASHPT to 444-999. That's C-A-S-H-P-T to the number 444-999. And you'll get this essential checklist. Now on to the show. Hello, welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour Podcast. This is Aaron LeBauer, your host. And today, my special guest is Tony Steffen. Tony is a registered dietitian, personal trainer. He's got well, dozens of years in the fitness industry, and I know Tony because we have a mutual friend and coach, Bedros, and Bedros introduced me to Tony a while back, and Tony helped me my business, and um, based on our conversation and how well we got along, I was like, I got to have Tony on the podcast, so Tony, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Aaron, man, first off, thank you for saying my last name right. So many people call me Tony Stevens. I'm like, I don't, I don't know where you got put the P to a V. And I don't know where the extra S came into. So I, I appreciate that, man. I, I appreciate you being here, um, being here with you. And I appreciate, you know, just the opportunity to come talk to you and your audience. Awesome, man. Well, it's great to have you here. So um, let's start off. I just want everyone to know who you are. So you're a dietitian. Okay. And you're a personal trainer. So, so what, like, Tell me, how did you get from, you know, young Tony to Tony, the personal trainer and dietitian? And, you know, like, what was that first step like? Yeah, dude, that's a, that's a great question. So it's a, it's a very long story, but essentially for me, fitness was an outlet for me. So at a very young age, um, I grew up outside of Detroit, Michigan. So warm Michigan. Remind me, where, where are you from again? Greensboro, North Carolina. Oh, here's Mike. There you go. Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. So a little bit more, a little bit more in the North there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I lost my mother at a young age. So she had left home. She had battled with substance abuse and things like that. Um, ended up losing, uh, losing a battle to substance abuse and that cost her her life when I was like 18. So for me at a very young age, uh, 14 years old, you know, going through all this kind of like traumatic experiences, mm-hmm. my dad used fitness as an outlet. He used the old school Joe Weider weight bench and the sand dumbbells. Do you remember those? Like yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he used those as an outlet and taught me to use fitness as an outlet for the scarcity we were going through with potentially losing our home, losing my mother, all that. So that's how I got into it. It changed my life and I loved it so much that I wanted to use my new love for fitness to help other people who were going through struggles, adversities, insecurities, challenges in their life to give them the gift of fitness like it was for me. So 18, I knew I wanted to make fitness a career and I was kind of torn. I liked nutrition. I liked fitness. So I didn't know what to do. I was like, you know what? I'll start as a personal trainer now. Cause I can start now at 18, just get a mm-hmm. certification. I did like a take home test. It was funny. You, I kid you not, you take photos and you would like mail them in and they'd say, Oh yes, this looks like the exercise or not. There you go. So just like a low ball certification, got my foot in the door, started working at LA fitness for $6 a session, dude. Six big ones, wow. $6. At the time, 18 though, I was like balling. I'm like, this is freaking awesome. Uh, that was minimum wage then. Was something like- I, uh, a little bit more because so you do 30 minute sessions. So $12 yeah. an hour after taxes. Well, yeah, it, that it was is a- balling at 18. I was making 575 in a bike shop. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and I started dating the smoothie girl who is now my wife. So I really, I really balled out. Um, so I did that and I was like, you know what? I don't want to just be a personal trainer talking about nutrition. I really want to be a nutrition expert. So I'm going to go the formal education route and become a registered dietitian. But the years of training experience should help me. I was very blessed to have mm-hmm. kind of made this connection early on. This years of training experience should help me once I become an RD because I'm sure, as what I said when I was 18, I'm like, I'm sure it's got to be more than just go to school, pass some tests, learn clinical dietetics. I'm like, I'm sure there has to be more to it. So it ended up being one of the best things I did. I learned coaching. I learned human connection. I learned, I learned human interna- interaction for very low pay, but it, the experience was invaluable. Got my RD at 23, 
here we are today. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So you like, were you on a path to go to college, college and do that? And what's it the, to become an RD, is this a, this is a post-secondary degree or you can do it as an associate's degree? How does that work? And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. So, uh, I, I was always on the path to go to college. My dad always, my dad never went to school, but he instilled in both my sister and I to go to school. Um, so my sister and I were first people in our family to go get college degrees. So, yep. I was always on the path to do that. The requirements to be a registered dietitian is it's a four-year science degree. Well, technically, you could have a four-year degree, but you have to have the science prerequisites. Same as physical therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Chemistry, biology, physiology, all those things. Then it's 1,000 hours of supervised clinical practice. So you can't just go like, oh, I'm going to go shadow at a hospital. No, it has to be sanctioned and registered. And they're very competitive programs, just like PT and nursing, Mm -hmm. right? They only let a small number of people in. And then it's a national boards exam, again, very similar. And then every five years you have to renew it. So technically it's about like a five-year process. So post-bachelor degree. Right. Right. Well, that's awesome, man. So by the time you made that decision, you're just like, that was another four years till you got the degree or more. Yeah, dude. So it was, I started college at 18, graduated high school, 17, 18, you know, college. I bounced around a little bit. I wanted to be an RD, but I was very afraid. I was very afraid of the student loan debt that I Mm -hmm. ended up taking on. I was very afraid of the classes, right? I was very afraid of the outlook. Wow, it takes five years to become an RD and you can only make $40,000 in a clinical Mm -hmm. thing. That that doesn't add up, right? I was making more personal training at that time, charging about $50 an hour than that would have added up to. So that kind of made me nervous, but yeah. So I bounced around schools. I did the community college thing to save money. So I graduated at 20, how old was I? I was 22 years old when I graduated. Okay. Yep. Right on, right on. And then, um, so how long has it been since you graduated? It's been a few years. Yeah. So it's about, so I graduated right before I turned 23. I'm 28 now. So about five years. All right. Awesome. So did you go and like you graduated and you're like, all right, I'm going to go work for somebody, work for the hospital, or did you start your own thing? And Yeah, great question. So all my, so there were like 18 people in our program, because like I said, they're very small and competitive. So there are 18 people. They all went clinical, long-term care, food service. I went and worked for a big box gym for a 100% commission job. So mm-hmm. no salary, no guaranteed pay. Everyone thought I was stupid, dude. I remember all my friends were like, are you kidding me? We just did all this to become an RD and you're going to go like sell yourself. Like, is that, is that even a real thing? Is that a scam? I'm like, no, it's real. It's going to be great. So yeah, I worked for a big box gym, Lifetime Fitness for almost, I want to say almost three years. Yeah. I worked there. I did extremely well. Uh, right off the bat, I started selling myself, got really good at selling and communication and you know, all the things we aren't taught in school that we need to actually know. Right. Um, I got promoted and I got promoted again. And then I just kind of hit a pinnacle to where I wasn't fulfilled working for them. You know, it was Mm -hmm. great money. I was, geez, 25 now doing extremely well. had a nice fancy title, nice office, but I wasn't fulfilled. I knew the only time I could be fulfilled is when my name was on the door. My name was on the building. I was doing things my way. Cause you know, like any company they want to, they want to tell you how to do things. You know, they want to critique your coaching style and all that. So that's when I left. I hired Bedros for the first Mm -hmm. time, built a platform for my online nutrition business. And I made the transition from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur. I was about 25. Wow. So about three years ago. Yep. Wow. That's awesome. And then, so, and at that time you just moved into a business where you were um, helping regular Joes with their nutrition? Yep. Yep. Correct. So mainly fat loss. I always worked with women for whatever reason. So it was mainly helping women achieve like fat loss, uh, aesthetics and performance goals. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's great. So then, and then now you're doing, you're helping other RDs as well. Is that right? Yeah. So it's a fascinating thing, man. So I did, you know, I started off with Bedros. I was pumping out content. I was really growing my online nutrition business. For some people, it appeared like, oh, this guy just came out of nowhere. But again, as, as I just told you and your audience, yeah. I started when I was 18, learning coaching, learning all that. So there were plenty of years in the making. It just wasn't online business, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Plenty of years in the making. So my company started doing pretty well, had a lot of clients, was growing, was doing all these amazing things. So I kept getting other registered dietitians reaching out to me and they were saying, hey, because I, I talked about my mentor, I talked about Bedros. These other RDs would say, hey, I'm interested in what you're doing. 
can you mentor me? Can you help me? Can you teach me how to do like what you're doing? And I'm like, no, I'm not a mentor. I'm not, I'm not a yeah. quote business coach. I, I don't do that. No. Like I'm like, go hire Bedros or go, you know, talk to whoever. So it just kept happening over and over. And then I was like, you know what? Screw it. I, I was a manager at Lifetime. I used to manage other RDs and hire other RDs. So I'm like, I do know what I'm doing. I'm like, I'll try it with one person. You know, they just kept coming to me and I kept seeing this need, this like void that needed to be filled in the RD space because there are business coaches, right? There are business coaches out there, but no one who really understands being a registered dietitian, like how you do, right? Mm -hmm. You understand being a PT because you were a PT first before you're a business mentor. You're not like some real estate mogul who's like, oh, I could, I could teach people. You know, it's like you, you were in the trenches and you still are. Yeah. So I think that's so important. I didn't see anyone doing that in the RD space. And I kept hearing these horror stories of like RDs hiring the quote, quote, business coaches who mm -hmm. didn't know anything about our field. And I was just giving them crappy products. So I was like, you know what? fine. I started with one client. I totally undercharged myself. But I started with one RD mentor client and we took, she had a massive following on Instagram, about 200,000 followers. I think she's almost at like half a million followers. Wow. Now. All organic. She just blew up doing uh, cheap college recipes or cheap college meal plans. It's crazy. Rachel Paul, the college nutritionist, she's an awesome person, but she was doing well and she was doing okay in her business. She was making some sales and doing that, but we helped her. I helped her in like three months go from, I think she was about like 6,000 or 7,000 a month mm -hmm. to over 16,000. Right. So I was, at this point, she was like super happy and thrilled with the results. And I was like, okay, I think there's something here. And then it just, it grew to there. So now we have about 35 people in our mastermind. Wow, man. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's so, thank you. Thank that's you. so great. So I want to go back. <clears throat> so like, that's, that's great. It's a great little timeline. I want to go back and pick out some pieces here. Um, did you, when you, when you were 18, did you know I'm eventually going to own my own business or are you just like fitness is the thing and I'll go work somewhere like lifetime or 24 hour fitness and, and, and that'll be fulfilling. And you know, was there somewhere along the journey where like it changed? That's a great question. So I always did know I wanted to own my own business. I was always very entrepreneurial in my mindset. But to me, if you would have asked 18 year old Tony, so 10 years ago, what my business would have looked like, I would have said, I want to own a personal training boot camp. I want to hire other personal trainers to run the boot camps, and I would just be the RD. I would do all the nutrition coaching. Right. So it's cool. And that's, that's the value for anyone listening to this. That's the value of investing in a mentor. Cause I, Aaron, I kid you not. Bedros was worth my entire investments I've given him year mm -hmm. over year for the first thing he said to me when I came out there, came in California, I sat down, I was like, I, I, I want to have like a physical location and all this. He's like, cause he looked at my content, looked at all that. He goes, no, I think you should do online coaching. And I'm like, what's online coaching? I'm like, can you even do that? Is that a thing? And he's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, I, I kid you not. I still get goosebumps when I say, it, but he goes, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube is your office. The world is your office. And he's like, that's the way you should live. And I was like, I'm like, I like this. Tell me more. So he was worth every penny I've ever spent on him just for that. Yeah. And that's the power for, again, anyone listening to this to get a mentor who can see where you're at and understand where you want to go, but also help course correct you and move you along. Maybe a bit of a different pack, but I'm so fulfilled that, you know, I don't own a boot. My, my wife and I love to travel. We've been to Europe like six, seven different times just in the last year. Um, I, I don't think I'd be able to do that if I owned multiple locations. I wouldn't be as fulfilled as I am today. So right. That's the power of mentorship. That's awesome. Yeah, man, he, he gave me one idea last year, I think in a text message. Yeah. It paid for his coaching for the whole year. That's the power of mentorship. See, so many people, and we could probably get into this, but so many people view mentorship and coaching as a cost, not as a cause, right? Not, they, they focus on what will this cost me, not what will this cause for me? What will this create for me? And that's, that's what mentorship does, man. Yeah. I love that analogy. That's so great, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... To grow your to grow your business, let me go back. I'm going to go back one more step. Okay, in in North Carolina, like we've got a, a dietetics board and so and a PT board and all this stuff. Like, I, and people ask me all the time, Aaron, you know, can you sell you know sell my supplements? Blah blah. I was like, well, based on the PT board's like rule, like physical therapists in North Carolina cannot sell or recommend vitamins and supplements. Hmm. And a lot of that's based on like whatever our agreement is with the dietetics board so we can get our legislation passed to do this and they can do, and it's just like, so we're not stepping on each other's toes. Right. There, but there are a lot of people out there who are trainers or not even licensed healthcare professionals that are doing some kind of like nutrition plans. 
So can you just, so people who are listening understand like where we are and what part of the spectrum we're in, there's registered dietitian, there's nutritionists, and then there's people that do weight loss. So yeah. can you just tell us like, give me like the outline of how you explain this to people and yeah, categories of, of course. So like the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is our licensing board. Mm -hmm. and their statement is, is perfectly put. Every registered dietitian is a nutritionist or a nutrition coach, but not every nutritionist or nutrition coach are a registered dietitian, mm -hmm. right? So as we said, a registered dietitian, it's a medically protected credential. It's like calling yourself a doctor. If you're not a doctor and you call yourself a doctor, you can get in a lot of freaking trouble, right? right? Same thing. So if anyone's out there like, and they claim, oh, I'm a dietitian or a registered dietitian, that's a legally protected term, right? So it's the four-year degree, thousand hours clinical experience, and then passing the national boards exam. Nutrition coach, nutritionist, nutrition, health coach, all those are not legally protected. Like you could read a magazine and be like, I'm a nutrition coach today. I'm a nutritionist. Now, there are some people who are, for whatever reason, not an RD. Like the first name that comes to mind is someone in our mentorship, Nicole Hagen. Mm -hmm. Girl has a master's degree in clinical dietetics. Didn't go the RD route. She's a freaking brilliant, brilliant coach and practitioner, right? There are certain things in her scope, like medical nutrition therapy. She maybe couldn't cover because she's not an RD by law, but she's brilliant at what she does. So are there nutrition professionals who are extremely good, who aren't an RD? Yes. But the RD is just kind of like the consumer's way of knowing, mm -hmm. all right, at least this person has a medical license behind them. At least they've went through a, a formal education process. So I can, I can trust them a little bit, but still just having the RD because the Academy of Dietetics likes to say every RD is a nutrition expert. Mm, I challenge that and say, just because you went to school and you got formal education, can you connect that to real world application? Because I'm sure you've seen this as well too. Someone has a PhD in whatever, physical therapy, but they can't relate to their clients and they can't translate their esoteric knowledge to the end user and then they fail. Right. So formal education is part of the equation of being an expert and that's the real world application mm -hmm. that comes into it. Right on. The, one of the other explanations that was given to me, and, and this may just be for North Carolina versus, because every state's got their own practice act and right. PT, is that there's a part of it where RDs can prescribe uh, caloric uh, amounts for your, for your diet versus where I can um, recommend, as a PT in North Carolina, I can recommend in, um, information that's in the public domain. Mm -hmm. which yep. is, I can't say, Hey, your meta, your basal metabolic rate is this, and you want to lose this much weight. So you're going to eat this many calories. If as a PT, I can't do that in North Carolina, but as a RD you can. And there's, is that one of the, one of the separators or is that just a thing that's happens in North Carolina? It's state by state, dude, that this is where everyone gets confused because it's very confusing. It's so great. It's state by state. Okay. And that's the big thing that a lot of dietitians get very upset about. And I, I mean, I agree that there isn't a like nursing, right? You mm -hmm. can't go say you're a nurse. It's a, it's a nationwide legally protected thing, right? In dietetics. So it's very great. So like, I would agree with that statement. Yes. Like RDs can give like meal plans and specific food recommendations, but you and I both know that's not stopping Joe Schmo trainer on the internet. That's not stopping, uh, what's his face? The guy who loves to sell the keto plans. Mm -hmm. It's not stopping anyone. So you, there's not the dietitian police that comes and arrest people. And dude, it blows my mind too, that dietitians get afraid to like cross state lines and go give nutrition coaching over state lines, right? Virtually virtual practice will say, well, I'm a RD in Michigan, so I can't give advice in Florida. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. The people who didn't even go to people who barely passed high school are out there giving meal plans. And like, what was that girl's name? Um, uh, Brittany Dawn, the Instagram scam person who like stole people's money. She's out here giving custom meal plans and all of this because she took some good photos of herself, but then the RDs are like, get afraid of it. Yeah. So it, it's really confusing. It's really kind of gnarly dude. Yeah. But we, yeah. we have our, as PTs, we've done a bad job of defining what we do for people. And there are other, and I'm trying not to throw it. This isn't a throw people under the bus podcast, but you know, it's, there are other professions, you know, medical professionals, other therapy, therapy professionals that treat physical therapy as a modality, not as a profession. Yeah. And so that causes us a lot of problems. So I totally get it. So my, my follow-up question for that is, <clears throat> which I think will be very valuable for people. How do you, um, as a dietitian yourself or um, as a coach, separate what you do that's um, 
as valuable or more valuable than what people who don't have the same knowledge and skill um, that you do, who are trying to get the same people, you know, try to have the same target market. Like, well, how are you separating and how are you teaching people? Like, this is how we separate ourselves and charge higher prices. Mm, that's a great question, man. That's a great question. And it goes back to what I said earlier of showing that this formal education is more valuable to the end user. And you know this acronym, right? What's in it for me? That's what mm -hmm. everyone wants to know. And so many people, I see this, it's like their website, it's a dietitian. It's like, I went to school here and I have this credential and this degree and this, this is me, 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 me. No one cares. No, no, it's, it's the old expression. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. right. So it's about using that and position yourself as I am an expert, but let me show you what I can do for you. Right. And then verifying that with tons of social proof. Look, Laura saw these results and look, Mindy saw these results and look, Brenda saw these results. This is what I did for them. Let me teach you how to do that the same. So the number one thing is just using, taking dietitians or, you know, um, physical therapists, whoever's listening to this, personal trainers and saying, cool, I went to school. I have this formal education. Good for me. Now let me go use this and apply this. Let me go use these amazing things like podcasts, Facebook communities, right? Which we were both a big fan mm -hmm. of Instagram. Let me go deliver tons of free value for my ideal client. Let me solve a problem for free better than anyone else can and let someone be wild with my content and then come invest in the formal or come invest in the application of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. Like people show me their websites and it's just like, and they'll even admit like, yeah, I paid too much for this and doesn't do anything. And it's just, it's all about, you know, it's set up for them by another company and it's, it's all about their credentials or they'll, and someone who's, and they'll know, okay, yeah, I know it's all about my credentials. I paid way too much for it. It needs to change. Yeah. The other company did it for me because if I was competing with other in-network clinics, it just looks prettier, but looking prettier isn't better. And then you have people who are independent looking at those clinics and going, oh, I need to model my website off of that. And so it's got to be all about my credentials. Or I paid $150,000 for this. My credentials are that important. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter, does it? Doesn't matter. No. Unless you can explain like what, like I said, every, we're, we're humans, we're selfish creatures. We want to know what's in it for me. And uh, it's funny. I say the same thing with dietitians that go on their websites. It's like, it's like stock photos of like cucumber salads. I'm like, like why, why would I feel connected to this cucumber salad or this quinoa salad, like dietitians on their Instagram It's just all these food photos, but right. they're trying to sell coaching. So it's like, it's like me trying to sell you this phone, mm -hmm. but I show you a picture of a shoe. You're like, mm -hmm. but I'm not buying a shoe. So why would I want to see a shoe? Right? Like, so if you're trying to sell yourself on the internet through social media and you're not showing you people buy coaches, not coaching, they're buying, they're investing in you. Like when people invest in your mentor, your mastermind, your mentorship, yeah. they're not investing in the name or the graphics or the logo. They're investing in Aaron. At the end of the day, they're saying, Aaron, I resonate with you. I connect with you. I feel confident in you leading me. That's what I'm investing into. You could call it Fuzzy Wuzzy the Bear Mastermind, <laughs> right? Doesn't matter. As long as Aaron Labour is the one leading it, that's what they get into. So it, it really is because is we're not taught these things in school, right? Yeah. We're taught how to make a professional resume. It's like list your credentials. But again, real world application, formal education, there's a big gap that needs to be bridged there. Yeah. What's the number one thing that people could do or put on their website or Instagram that would um, actually share with their target audience, you know, like what the target audience wants to see or read or hear? Mm, that's a great, great question. So like if we, I mean, we can look at both ways. Social media, dude, here's something, and this is credit to Amanda Bucci, who I worked with for quite a long time. Um, amazing individual, um, taught me so much. Ask ask, like go on your social media and ask, what can I do for you? How can I help you? What do you want to learn? Dude, on my Facebook today, I said, Hey, registered dietitians, what's the, what's the one main thing you wish you were taught in school? Cause I'm doing market research for a project mm -hmm. I'm building, right? I don't assume anything. I just ask. So go, if you're listening to this right now and you want to build connection with your audience, go on your Instagram story, put the little question box, right? And say, what do you want to know about physical therapy, about mobility, about freaking back rehab? Don't assume, just ask. And then if you get tons of questions on that, build a free downloadable, a free video course, a free ebook, whatever on that, give that away, build an email list and then you can sell and market to that. So many people are just, they're not asking, you know, they have all mm -hmm. these people, people, I hope for everyone listening, like remember this, people love to give their opinion. So just ask, use these amazing tools of social media that we have and ask what people want to know, whatever resonates the most. Well, that the market tells you go all in on that. 
Right. Wow. That's awesome. So Tony, like you've been on, you've been featured as a nutrition expert on what a bunch of media outlets, like what you Fox, NBC, Huffington Post. Yep. Oh, well, like how'd you get those? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Like, that's dope. And congratulations. Thank and you. like, how, you know, how do I do that? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So it's a, it's a funny story, man. My sister, like I said, my sister and I were the first people in our college we went to, or our family that went to college. My sister is seven years older than me. So she is a public relations uh, expert. And I remember, dude, back like right when I started college, I was like, Nikki, it's her name. Um, Nikki, give me on the news. Give me on the news. Give me on the news. And she said something to me, Aaron, that I'll never forget that really like changed my trajectory of like mm -hmm. business and like being successful and all. And she goes, go do something newsworthy and they'll come to you. And I was like, at the moment, I was like, whatever, Nikki, that's not helping me. But now at 28 years old, I'm like, God, that was invaluable advice. So what I did when I was at Lifetime, I kept getting questions because Lifetime had a supplement brand and all that. So I'd get all these trainers who would email me because I was one of the only RDs. They'd say, hey, tell me about this, this, and this. So I was like, screw it. I'll, I'll make videos. My girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, bless her heart. She went out and bought me a nice camera to motivate me to do it because I was scared. Right. Mm -hmm. So now I was like, shoot, I got this $800 camera. I have to do this. Right. So we'd film these like really sketchy videos of me and my apartment, just not the best, but I would just put them out there. Then everyone started sharing them because they were, they were not entertaining, but they were informative. So people were sharing them, sharing them. The director of like Lifetime saw one of them, really liked it. He shared it. Fox News was partnered with Lifetime at the time, and then they contacted him and said, hey, we want to do a, a healthy tailgating, like fall tailgating special. Do you have someone to bring in? He liked my video so much, he said, Tony Stefan, one of our RDs, let's go with him. I went in there, true story, it's so funny. I, it was like a miscommunication between Lifetime's PR department, Fox News, whatever. I showed up with like three things, and they wanted like 30 things to demo. So I wow. kid you not, dude, I'm like sitting in the green room with my girl, girlfriend who's on my wife and the producer comes in and she goes, we have to cancel your segment. I was like, I was like, good one. You're funny. That's not funny. Don't do that. You know, not a good joke. She goes, no, like we told them we needed a whole display of food. You brought in literally, I brought in like one food sample. Mm -hmm. like, we have to cancel this. And I was just crushed, dude, because here was my dream to like make it on the news and do all these things. I, so I was crushed. Luckily, the other producer grabbed me right before. I mean, it was like pouring rain out, dude. So it's like just such a, such a bad day, such a bad moment. I felt like a failure. And the producer grabs me before I walk out. He goes, if you want to try this again, we can do it again. But he's like, you, he's like, we're a visual medium. You have to bring more food. You have to bring all this. So fortunately, God willing, they gave me another opportunity. I came in. I freaking crushed it. And before I left, the producer goes, we don't want to talk to their PR anymore. It's a funny story now because I'm not lifetime. He's like, we don't want to talk to their PR anymore. Here's my card. You get ideas. We'd love to have you back pitched to me. So I formed a relationship. I pitched him. And then that led, it's like with media, you just need to have a portfolio. So that led to other people seeing me, finding me and putting me on things. So that's the long, funny story of how I got into it. Wow, man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. I, I will say this though, for anyone listening to this, there's a resource called Haro. Mm -hmm. H-A-R-O, help a reporter out. And they will ask, so these are reporters who will ask for um, pitches. So they'll say, hey, we need a physical therapist to comment on this. We need a di dietitian. We need a personal trainer. So it, literally, you'll get three emails sent to dates completely free. It's just for reporters who need an expert source in like the medical, fitness, health, beauty area. So you just sign up for your area. So that's a good way to break into it too. Wow. That's awesome. That's really yeah. valuable. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. One of the best things that I did when I was starting my business was I was reading the newspaper and it was like, you know, business spotlight. And then I saw one a couple of weeks ago, I was like, and it said below it, if you have a business, if you're in business, you want to be spotlighted, email us at, and I did that. And I got like six stations from it. It, was, it, didn't, get me, it didn't give me national news, but it got me some ton of business. And I think, no, that's so valuable though, because so many people, and I, I see this, you know, with like people like us with have backgrounds, right? Mm -hmm. I feel a little entitled, right? Like, oh, I shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't have to do stuff for free. Dude, I didn't get paid for like two years in the media. Just then, and like with my talks, I, I'd go anywhere and talk, Aaron. Yeah. Right? And I'm sure you know this too. Like I'd go do lunch and learns. I'd go do like CrossFit gyms with three people. I didn't care. I just want exposure, right? So is what my sister really ingrained in my head that, 
go be newsworthy and they'll find you. Go speak for free and then you'll get paid. So I think so many people want to come out of school and be like, no, I should be paid a thousand dollars to speak. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? Like, what have you done to earn that? Right? Like, have you paid your dues with that? Just getting a degree in 2019 is not enough. You have to go way above and beyond that. Maybe back in like 1980, it was enough, but not anymore. So for anyone who's just getting started and wants to build a media portfolio, start for free. Be willing to work for free before you get paid. I love that like advice your sister gave you to go be newsworthy. And I was like, that's it. Because it's like, what's it's, it's not about me. It's about something bigger than us. It's something that somebody else, like what's in it for them, the newspaper. Right. Yep. Yeah. She, she was right. I don't like to tell her that, but she was right. Yeah, that's amazing. So how do you like, now that you have some exposure in that, like, how are you leveraging that for your, for your like nutrition clients and for your coaching clients? What are you doing with, with that kind of like background and, and information exposure? It just helps, you know, because a lot of registered dietitians, much like myself, they want to create something bigger than them, something bigger than just one-on-one coaching. So the fact that, again, just that I have that in the trenches experience of pitching myself, showing up to news stations, showing up to corporate wellness talks, showing up to gym talks. I've just been through it so many times, both free and paid. I can just walk them through it. So it's just number one, the experience. And then of course, any connection or any resource I can leverage to them, um, I, I am more than willing to provide. But it's just kind of like, a lot of people just need to be told that they're doing the right thing. Like mm-hmm. it's okay, like I said, to eat dirt for a few years as you build up because that's how I did it, you know, and I still live in the dirt today. So many people want to go to the clouds, but really building a business is done in the dirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're, you're planting seeds for so long and then you have time to harvest. Everyone wants to come out of school and start making six figures. Well, and this is something I try to teach to them, to my students is, even if you did make six figures, could you sustain it? Do you have the entrepreneurial maturity to sustain it? The coaching maturity, the business maturity? Probably not. Your goal is not to make money as fast as possible. Your goal is to create wealth and sustainability. I don't know about you, Aaron. I don't want to be 50 years old and be like, oh my God, I have like nothing to fall back on here. I have no, you know, real success built. I'm living and dying on every sale. I did that when I was 23. I don't want to do that when I'm 50. So, it's about growing at the rate and just understanding that a business is built by doing a business is built by inefficiencies in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Inefficiencies in the beginning and then systems and efficient processes to build As assets. Perfect. Right. Like, because you said, I'm like, yeah, when I'm 50, well, I'm only at five years till I'm 50, but I already have assets. You look great, man. I didn't, I had no idea. I didn't have, you know, people want to say, Oh, you need assets. So, right? Like it's like I build an asset, which means that I can go on vacation and things still happen in the background. Like right. if you go to Italy, your business is still running and generating revenue. And because you're mobile, you can run some business from there. Is that correct. kind of what's going on? That's yeah. absolutely correct. But in the beginning, I didn't have any of that, right? Yeah. I didn't have assistance. I didn't have admins. I didn't have, you know, any of that. It's just, you do everything. So, so many people are afraid to wear multiple hats in the beginning. They want to just go from ground zero to ground 10. It doesn't work mm-hmm. like that. Cause if you did, you're going to fall right back down. Cause you don't yeah. understand. It's kind of like, do you like Chipotle? Yeah. The restaurant? Yeah. I love Chipotle, dude. One of the best things I love about Chipotle is they promote from within. So mm-hmm. they literally say you can come in and clean the floors and then make, work all the way up to making $90,000 a year as a district manager. Wow. Why would that district manager be way better than someone who went and got an MBA? Because he under he or she understands the entire system from the ground level. They've cleaned the floors, they've cooked the steaks, they've folded the burritos, they've managed employees, they've hired, fired. That person can sustain it versus someone who just comes in and says, well, I went to college. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, good. But you haven't been in the dirt like that employee has. Yeah, no, I love that. That's so great. So what do you, like, what's your plan? Like 50 years old, like, what do you want to have happen? Between now and then, be healthy, be alive, um, <laughs> have children. You know, uh, maybe two dogs at that time. No, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, I'm a big believer in vivid vision. So Cameron Harold, um, who, who's a speaker at Empire Mastermind, going to be at Empire Business Summit. Um, I'm a big believer in that. So creating like a big three year vision for yeah. me. I don't ever. I don't invest in. A, so I'll be transparent. I don't invest in a 401k or anything like that. I don't see myself retiring. I don't see myself at whatever, whenever society says, okay, Tony, go enjoy life. I'm so blessed. I get to enjoy life now, mm-hmm. you know, and do everything I love. I don't see myself just saying, all right, I want to go sit on a beach and right. you know, do nothing. I don't see that. So, you know, I, I don't have a detailed plan that far in the future because I'm a big believer that God will open doors, you know, mm-hmm. that I can't even foresee. So, um, three year vision, I, I have a little bit more clear, but 50, just hopefully I'm in a place where I can create impact and continue to ser- serve others. That's amazing. What's your, what's your three-year vision? 
Yeah. So three-year vision, I want to grow my mastermind to 50 people and then cut it off. Um, we are planning the first ever dietetics business conference. Sounds very similar or dietetics business summit, very similar to fitness mm-hmm. business summit. So connecting everything we're talking about here, the real world application of owning a successful business as a registered dietitian and nutrition expert into the actual practice of it. So everything that school didn't teach us. So I would love for that to rival what Bedros built with fitness business summit, 1200, mm-hmm. 1500 people. Um, the mastermind would be set off. I have a higher ticket program, of uh, private coaching. We call it project X. So continue to build that and just more and more speaking and more and more positioning my own clients, you know, in their success. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's dope, man. Let me know how I can help you with that. Um, Always. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's exciting. Um, cause I'll probably have something like that coming along too. There you go. You know, it's in the pipeline. It's like, what's yeah. important now? Yeah. What I'm interested right now is what was the last door you, you said God opens doors for you. What was the last big door that got opened for you? Mm, that's a, that's a great question. Um, there, there are so many, man. There really are so many. Honestly, I would say this mentorship, it really was. It's, I was telling my wife yesterday, um, I'm just so fulfilled. I'm so grateful for it. It really found me. Like you said, I truly, I, I don't believe in luck and I don't believe in chance. I believe in faith and everything mm-hmm. happens for a reason. And just the, these RDs, you know, I'm so blessed that they found, they, they kind of chose me as like a leader in the field and said, Hey, you're doing a great thing. How can I learn from you? How can I be, you know, connected with you? So really, I think that was a great thing. Cause like I said, three years ago, if you would have said I would do, I was doing this now, I wouldn't have believed it. I'd say, no way I'm owning a personal training studio. That's what business looks like. Yeah. So just that and the ability to have the internet to run a business, you know, it's, I, it, it goes, it kind of blows my mind. Cause a lot of people say, Oh, I have to post on Instagram. I have to post on Facebook. And I, I kind of just can't believe that mindset because our great, great grandfathers were working in a coal mine somewhere. Mm-hmm. right? Or our great, great grandfathers were, you know, working on their hands and feet 12, 14, 16 hours a day. And we, we have the right to now use a phone and take a photo and make impact and change someone's lives. We have tools like this. You and I have never met, but here we are connecting. We're using this resource to hopefully go help hundreds of people with their business and create impact. It's not, I have to, it's, I get to. So I just take the mindset that I'm so blessed that I get to talk to you today. I get to coach my clients. I have people that want to invest thousands of dollars into working into me. I, so I can't view it as like work. I just view it as a blessing that I have this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one of the amazing questions that I've been asked a couple different times. And I even saw this, like one of, was it, it was one of Bedros's like ads. And I don't know whether he wrote this or not, but it was like, it was as part of this application, like what, if you could do one thing all day and you didn't get paid for it, you know, and, and everything else, otherwise expenses were paid, what would be that thing that you would do? Mm. And it's probably for you, it's, it's doing what you're doing, coaching and mentoring other people. Right. Yeah. You know, absolutely is, you know, uh, and, and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing too. But so many people aren't willing to go there or they haven't seen the doorway or the path. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's people that are like, I would do this thing all day long, but I can't, I have to be over here. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Like, what's the difference maker? Mm. I think it's the why. Yeah. I really believe it's the why, you know, what's motivating you to do this. You and I both know owning a business is hard, Right. I'm sure there have been days you've woken up and just said, I, I want to stay in bed. Like it'd be much easier. It'd be much easier to go get a job, work my nine to five, come home, clock out and Netflix and chill like everyone else. Right. But we have some deeper meaning that is pulling us towards the work that we do. It's not a push. I've never felt pushed to do this. Mm-hmm. I never feel like I have to motivate myself to do this. I have a why that's pulling me that stems back from growing up without my mother and, you know, scarcity mindset yeah. and all that. So I, I think for a lot of people, if you're going to start a business or if you're in business and you're struggling, go back to your why. Who's depending on you? Why are you doing this? Don't, don't focus on how, like, how is it, how is this going to happen? How am I going to achieve these goals? How am I going to get these clients? Understand why are you doing this? what do you want? And let the how appear. You know, one of my favorite books ever is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, Mm -hmm. a Holocaust survivor. And he was a, he was a psychologist that went through the Holocaust and survived. And he broke it down. He said the difference between those who survived and those who didn't, the ones who survived had a why. When the why is strong enough, you can endure any how. And I truly believe that to today. So, so many people who give up, who, you know, quit, who fail, who succumb to the pressures of entrepreneurship, I just feel their why wasn't strong enough. 
Because if the why is powerful enough, you will endure anything in the world. Like if I held someone's family captive and I said, you have to go raise $10,000 by tomorrow, I'm sure they would do anything and everything and they'd get that $10,000 because that why is powerful enough. So right. it's about creating that inter internally because no one can do that for you. You can't teach desire. You can't coach motivation. You can't coach desire. So it's about creating that internally and then surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals and a mastermind, something like you have mentorship, coaching, getting around others who can support you and push you to that. But that internal desire has to come from within. Yeah. So what's your big why? I never want to be broke again. Yeah. I never want to feel like I could lose my house again. I never, like when we filed bankruptcy, I never want my kids to go through what I went through. I never want to go a Christmas and eat Burger King again. You know, I never want to wake up and have fear, fear of not knowing if we'll have a home or not. And I want, I, 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 was, I was blessed to go through that adversity because it taught me belief and it taught me faith. It taught me belief in myself because I had to believe in me because if I didn't, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have taken action. And I want to instill that in others. I want to give others and others meaning dietitians the belief in themselves. That's why we call it the I believe mentorship, the belief yeah. in themselves that they can do, be, and achieve whatever they want in life. Wow, that's powerful. That's great, man. Thanks. What, um, what are some of the characteristics of entrepreneurs that like it's work like that you've you've seen like what are the things that like one it's obviously like having being in touch with your why but some people aren't in touch with their why and then they get in touch with it later on but like so what are there's some other characteristics that you must see in people that you know help them become successful versus the people that you know like even if they have a strong why they just don't be success they're not successful so what are some of these other characteristics that focus yeah Focus and focus on what you do want versus what you don't want. Mm -hmm. I believe unsuccessful people see everything in life, what they don't want. Oh, I lost another client today. I'm a, I'm a bad coach. Right. I, I want to lose weight, but you know, I, I really want those chips. I really want that pizza. I really want that, you know, whatever. Oh, I want to take a trip this year, but I don't have the money for that. It's too expensive as to where everything in life is the frame right? It's not what happens to you that matters. It's how you interpret it. Everything in the world is open to interpretation. So successful people just choose to see what they want versus what they don't want. I lost a client. That's okay. There are 7 billion people out there. I can go get three more at my new rates. We're going to be even better. You mm -hmm. know what? I didn't get picked for the speaking event. That's okay. There's probably an even better one waiting for me out here. That, that's all. That's the main difference is focus. Successful people focus on what they want. Unsuccessful people focus on what they don't want. And then that's what you produce, right? That's what you produce. That's the law of attraction. What you see in your mind will become your physical reality if you put your focus there. Right. Most people just walk around life and focus on all the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah. When I, you know, so I used to race bicycles and uh, we would in Marin County in Northern California, we could bomb downhills faster than the cars. Mm. I go like, you know, 25, 30 miles an hour. Like, corners cars can only go like 10 miles an hour around. And if you're looking to where you're going to fall off the cliff, like that's where you're going to go. When yep. you're riding a bike, you got to look to where you want to be. And I love, love that, uh, that analogy that you shared. And that's the one that I think of. I'm like, yes, that's it. Because if you're not looking for what you want, you're not going to, you're, you're just looking at the things that you don't want in the scarcity. And, and that's where it's going to lead you. So. Because let's be honest, entrepreneurship is about problems, right? I don't know about you, but I'm sure your business is very similar. We're always dealing with problems, mm -hmm. right? And so successful entrepreneurs just view problems, but they see solutions. Right. Unsuccessful entrepreneurs see problems. They see failure. They see scarcity. Like you said, they said, oh God, I lost one client today. So the other 20 are going to leave me next, right? Who's, who's next? Versus, oh, you know, there's a problem here, but that's okay. I can see solutions. Like look at all the great entrepreneurs of time. Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla, they had a problem. I want lights in a room and then they create a solution. Henry Ford, we have a problem. Horses, horses probably aren't the best way to get around for forever. So he created a solution. Entrepreneurs mm -hmm. understand if you want to be an entrepreneur, you're signing up to be a problem solver. Right. But it's right. just being able to train and condition your brain because our brains don't work this way. Our brains are survival mechanisms. They see fear, doubt, scarcity, comfort zones. It's about conditioning your brain like a muscle to see solutions instead of problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's funny as, as, as a coach, I'll tell people sometimes like, you know, they're like, oh, Aaron, I keep having these problems. Like, you know, my job's not to solve all your problems. It's to give you better ones, right? Yep. Do you agree with that? Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, because I'm a problem solver. I love solving problems. And sometimes I'm like, like this is hurt so bad. It's so hard. 
but yet I'll figure out a way around it. And it's like, there's probably, and that's it. It's like some days I'm like, I don't want to solve any more problems today. Right. Right. But that's it. It's like right now, if you're brand new and you're getting started and your problem is I need to sign my first client. Great. Two years from now, when you're making $10,000 a month or a year from now, however long it takes, you get new problems of how can I manage all these people? Now I need to bring on an assistant. Now I need to bring on an admin. Now I need to do this, right? You're always getting new problems. It's just bigger, more fun, more exciting problems. Right. So I want to, let's talk a minute. How do we get bigger problems? Um, one of the things that you helped me with was managing Facebook group. And I've got a really big Facebook group and, you know, I, and I was, uh, and, and Bedris was like, Aaron, you got to talk to Tony. Cause I was like, dude, I've got like all this stuff and this, he was like, Tony's doing these amazing things. Get on the phone with him. I don't know exactly what he was doing, but, but he'll help you out. And so what you did really helped me out and create some more engagement in the Facebook community. So tell me a little bit about just some of the things that you're doing in your, cause you've got a, a tight knit, very active Facebook community for dietitians. Thank you. So what are some of the things that you're doing in there? Like the engagements, like in there, way up, I'm in there. I'm like, dude, you do some great stuff. So what, what are some of the key things that you're doing to keep people active and, and use it to provide value as well as help you in your business? Dude, that's a great question. First off, thank you so much for your kind words. I appreciate it. I love seeing you in there. I love when you comment on stuff. Um, but yeah, I think the big thing that we do is we just create a culture and a community around engagement. Mm -hmm. So you and I both know this from being in the field for a long time. It can get a little, I think caddy is a good word, but it can get a little caddy at times when you're around other professionals. Like, oh, I don't want to share my secrets with him because then they could take it and go steal it and replicate it. Right. I, I just always have had an abundant mindset. So I ingrained that in my clients as well is that look, there's 7 billion people on this planet and everyone has to eat. There are more than enough clients for everybody, right? So a big thing that we do after any of our coaching calls, a client goes, one of my clients goes in this Facebook group that has about 400 something people in there now and they share their takeaways. They share their big action items. It does two things. Number one, teaching is mastery, right? So when you can teach a concept you've just learned to someone, it solidifies it. Number two, it creates goodwill for everyone. So maybe there's someone in there who can't afford the $15,000 for our, our mentorship. Okay, no problem. You're still going to go give goodwill to them and help them out and give them some mm -hmm. takeaways from that you've just received. Uh, number two is just open free for all. I, I've been in so many other groups are like rules, right? right? Can't post this, only share this. I'm like, and, and I love when people are like, Hey Tony, I hope it's okay if I share this here. I'm like, it's a community. Yeah. Share, say whatever you want. Just don't be negative. Don't put anyone down. Don't call someone a hurtful name, right? Like basic human interaction thing. So there's no rules. We just say whatever you want, ask away, whatever you need, ask away. And then number three, I go live. I go live just about every day, except for weekends. And I just share my thoughts. I share what's going on in my head. I share, you know, I create, I create a community around interaction and engagement. It's just all about real world application. So many of these other groups is just like, I don't know. I see people post like infographics and things like that, but it doesn't feel like a community and like a tribe, right? Mm -hmm. If anyone hasn't, if anyone listening to this really wants to read a good book on this, Seth Godin, I think it's called tribes. Yeah. yeah. Tribes. Yeah. It's simple, easy read, but just helps. It helps you understand that you do have a message. And even if you get 50 people, that's amazing, man. If you get 50 people who know you, love you, trust you, will buy from you, that, that's enough. So, so many people get caught up on, oh my God, I need 10,000 people in a Facebook group. I would rather have less people who are true fans, true followers, true, you know, have a true connection with me versus tons of people, but mm -hmm. it feels so distant. It feels so cold. That's never been motivating to me to create. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That's so awesome. Um, gosh, uh, dude, that's great. That's, that's so, and we're right. I'm like, a part of me is like, all right, we're running out of time and I got like, you know, two hours worth of stuff I want to chat with you about. So we can always do another one, man. Yeah. Always Number happy. One, yeah. well, I got to do this again too. Yeah. I want to meet you in person and hang out. Um, of course. Yes. We'd have a great time. Um, so if someone wants to get in touch with you, um, and learn a little bit more about what you're doing, um, who you help, you know, maybe there's a dietitian or nutrition specialist, somebody listen to this and they want to work with you. What's the best place to get in touch with you? Yeah, of course. Thank you. Uh, the best way is just Instagram. It's just Tony underscore Stefan, S-T-E-P-H-A-N or on Facebook, Tony Stefan or my email, Tony Stefan Dietitian. Tony, Tony Stefan Diet. What is it? Tony at Tony Stefan Dietitian.com. It always changes. So I always yeah. have to, yeah, yeah, just, just DM me on Instagram. I read all my DMs. I, res I respond back to every single one. So. Okay. Awesome, man. Thanks. And we'll make sure we put uh, your links and stuff in the show notes. Um, so Tony, is there anything else that you think that someone needs to know if they want to do, 
you know, like get into any kind of business, whether it's uh, online coaching, telehealth, um, mentoring, you know, starting their own business. Like what's the, what's the thing that we did that I didn't ask you about that you think would be valuable for people? Yeah, that's a great question, man. I would just say that understand that everything you and I talked about today won't work. It won't work if, unless you take action on it. And speed of implementation is just something I'm such a big believer on. So like maybe if someone listened to this podcast and they got one or two great nuggets from you know myself or from you, or they've listened to other podcasts of yours and they've gotten good things and they write them down, they journal about it, they make pros and cons lists, they make to-do lists, but then they don't go do anything. It, it, it's worthless. Knowledge is not power. Application of knowledge is power. So mm. whatever one thing you took away from this episode, like, put the phone down, pull the car over, whatever, just go do it. Go take action on it because that's where the power lies. Wow. Wow. That's awesome, man. That's such great. That's such great advice. So thank you very much. Um, like, thank you. Again, I appreciate you being here, spending your time here. I know you're busy. I'm busy. And this took us a few months to, to find a time that worked for both of us. So um, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you, man. Truly appreciate Appreciate what you're building here. Yeah. Um, so for the Cash PT Lunch Hour, this is Aaron LeBauer and Tony Steffen. And if there's one, like, the, here's the thing. Just go take action on something. Don't make it perfect. And then let us know about it. All right, we'll see you guys on the next show. Thanks. Hey, what's up? This is Aaron. Real quick, if you're just getting started with a cash practice, then be sure to check out my step-by-step -step checklist, which will walk you through the whole process. Go to cashptchecklist.com to get your free Cash PT checklist where you'll learn all the essential steps you need to take to get started. It's absolutely free and always will be. Over 5,000 people have already downloaded it, so make sure you don't miss out. And if you're already a business owner, but not generating the revenue you think you deserve or have the time, the freedom that you want, and you would like to grow and scale your business in the shortest amount of time possible, then you may be a great fit for my Cash PT Platinum Mastermind Group. Just head over to cashptmastermind.com where you can get all the details and apply for a free strategy call where you'll get clarity on your vision and a path to getting there.